Hello, everyone. I'm Mina. And I'm Moogie. And we're Miggy Mail, a podcast made by two friends that discuss the vast world of content creation. And today, we are talking about what it takes to be a content creator. What it takes to be a content creator. God. I was telling a fucking loaded question. I was telling Moogie off stream. This is this is the one we're gonna get canceled for. (laughs) (laughs) I was telling Mina off stream. We have said some questionable things on stream already. If we get canceled over this, there's something wrong. (laughs) No, but listen, listen. What we talked about before was more abstract. This is more directly calling out content creator. I mean, I think it's like I feel like we've been doing it for long enough where we have some credibility in saying these things. I don't know. If you're offended, you're the problem. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say that, but I mean, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I feel as though maybe over overcompensating like or not overcompensating. Oh, sorry. Do I sound a little bit loud? Let me let me adjust a little Uh, bit. All right, that should be better. But yes, right. um, what it takes to be a content creator. Mina, do you feel like as a as a new new creator, like someone yes. who hasn't done it before, like do you, do you feel like you fit? I want to say like a lot of the criteria of like content creator uh, criteria. I like think, the points to hit. I think in the very beginning, I did not. I think I I grew in a way where I think I hit most of the points now. Mm. But I, I still think there's definitely a lot of room for me to grow. But where I was two years ago and where I am now, I feel like I'm a very different person when it comes to content. Oh, God. It's been two years, huh? I know. It's God, crazy. It's, wow. That's really weird. That's really fucking weird. <laughs> oh. Yeah, because we met when, um, <laughs> when I was only streaming for maybe like a few months. Mm. Yes, yeah, so you got baby streamer me. Is God, that I remember. I remember. I, dude, okay, I, I I think I've told you this in passing at one point, but for for those who don't know, um, Mina is like just never did content creation before this, mm-hmm. like came into VTubing completely fresh. I remember As back when like <laughs> back when like I feel like maybe a year and a half, or maybe like maybe a bit, maybe like a year ago, right? Mm-hmm. I remember. Oh my god, I was there were times where I'd be like, Mina, you need to stop focusing on the numbers. <laughs> like Mina, you need to calm the fuck down. Like, <laughs> hard dude i, I definitely no, no, think no, I, I totally get it now. no no I think absolutely I had to talk to you about that where i was like listen mm-hmm. you've had so much years like an experience like you've already been through like i don't know like the the sign curve of content the creation sign curve, yes the sign curve <laughs> it's always it's always up and down and i was just like experiencing it for the first time and those emotions were so high and like not knowing how to comprehend them or even mm-hmm. like just deal with them and not knowing even who to talk to about it yeah, I think that that is one of the biggest struggles of a lot of content creators just in general. Like it the talking about these things almost feel a little bit like taboo, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like you're not allowed you're not allowed to feel this way. You have to be appreciative. Yeah. In which like I totally get it cuz it's like I feel like to a certain extent like if you are like not happy with your growth, right? Mm-hmm. Then yeah, it's like I don't know. It's like, what are you doing this for, right? Yeah. But the the emotions are there and they're definitely real. Oh, and everyone feels like it too. Everyone, yeah, everyone feels them, even though they but, lie on Twitter and say they don't. Huh? But they're feeling it. <laughs> I think that uh, brings us really well to our first point: um, responses to like growth or lack thereof, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, how do creators respond to the way they grow? 
and how do creators respond if they're putting in a lot of effort and they don't grow, you know? Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest ones that make or break a content creator because it's like, can you keep going if the result of your hard work isn't what you expect, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's hard. You know, like those images of, um, it's like those meme images with a guy, he's like mining and like he stops right before the diamond and if he yeah. just had like <laughs> one more hit, but like he would have hit the diamond. I feel like that's just content creation in general where you're literally just digging a hole and you don't know if that effort's going to be worth it until like you like stop. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like, it's one of those things that you, you keep working and you keep working. And then like, it isn't until one day that you like look back and you're like, oh, I made a lot of progress. Mm-hmm. But because the progress is so slow, sometimes it feels like you're not making it any at all, you know? Yeah. And um, especially when you're just because of how, because of how interconnected everything is, you see other people's growth mm-hmm. who could have started after you or could have started mm-hmm. right when you started. And you're like, but but why are they doing good and I'm not? Like, I thought like we're doing the same thing. But it's like everyone's journey is different. And it's hard. It's hard. But I will say, I think like I'm on both sides of the coin, right? I mm-hmm. think the emotions are valid. Like it's totally real for people to feel this way. Yeah. But it's also like, I feel like if you're so caught up on these numbers that you're letting it define who you are then it's like there's might be something else to be said about why you're doing content creation, right? Mm-hmm. I say this because um, there's been a, a lot of discourse on Twitter, as always, you know? <laughs> the discourse of the week. <laughs> the discourse of the week this week was uh, viewership and success. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what does success mean to people? And like, you know, where do you find it? Like, at what point at the threshold is success success to you? Mm-hmm. And uh, it got started because there was this one creator who was talking about uh feeling kind of lost in like their content and like not knowing where to go and they mentioned in their their tweets saying like oh i've had people um you know start later than me uh start around the same time as me who have gotten partner and stuff who have amazing communities and i feel like i don't have that and a lot of people got angry uh, which was, I can... it was her wording it was her wording yes, it was yes. her wording i think the 100%. feelings the emotions are valid the way that she, it's like that guy who yelled at his one chatter for saying that her mom died it's like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> like the bro. emotions are valid, right? And I'm not yeah. invalidating those emotions. But it's the fact that I think when you start uh, feeling this way, it's a very gray line in which you become, you know, in which it's like, you know, emotions that are stemming from the satisfaction of where you are and emotions that are inhibiting you from doing uh, more content, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's that really thin gray line in which it's like, yes, you're valid in feeling this way, but if you're letting these emotions define who you are to the point in which you aren't making any changes to your content and you aren't trying to grow more, yeah. then it's becoming your own problem, right? Yes. Oh my God. That's why I always tell people you have to watch back your own content mm-hmm. and you have to actively change because if you don't like attempt to like, I don't know, if you just do the same thing and it's not working, like why would it randomly work one day? Exactly. Yeah. You have to like figure out what works, what doesn't. You have to do a lot of trial and error and you have to put in the work to just be a better streamer. Like interacting with chat doesn't come naturally. Knowing how to fill silence does not come naturally. Even I still struggle with that. Um, 
sometimes a joke just doesn't land bro 20 percent hits kind of hard like you know you remember every <laughs> single 20 percent that misses um and just like learning how to interact with your community because sometimes there are bad apples that show up and it can like kind of sour chat and like learning how to get through that mm-hmm. and it's like i don't there's all skill sets that you have to like actively work towards or like sound balance, dude. I think sound balance is the most important thing about streaming. Sound balance is so fucking hard, dude. I there there are still times that like I look back at a vod and it's like, why did no one tell me that the fucking audio was so loud? You know, it's like right? I can barely hear my own voice. It's like, why did no one tell me? It's but it's like you know, <laughs> people in the audience can't tell. They're just like, oh, you know, it's not that bad, right? Mm-hmm. But like I can tell because I know what's good. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, like, oh, you guys heard it here first. Mugi says that you guys don't know what's good or bad. You guys just take content. <laughs> Your mouths are just open, ready for content. <laughs> But it's like, you know, it, it, it bothers me a lot when it's like, oh, like during a certain scene, I can't hear what I'm saying or like, you know, it's not legible, not legible. Sorry. It's not audible in the way that I'm speaking and no one like corrects you. Right. Because yeah. it's like I think a lot of people who watch creators um, like especially VTuber indies. Right. They see a bunch of different VTubers and they have exposure to a bunch of different types of content as well. Mm-hmm. And everyone has a different balance, you know? Yeah. I feel like it isn't until you become a lot more experienced that you finally find a good threshold for yourself, right? And yeah. You start recognizing like very minute changes. But- oh my God. Yeah. Like just about minute changes. I swear there was like a point in time every month I would take away something from my overlays. <laughs> until i just didn't have an overlay anymore i'm like you know what it's the game in my face and that's it (laughs) (laughs) honestly i still abide by the fact that simplicity is best like i think it looks the best i I just mm -hmm. can't i don't really like a really busy screen or when people have really loud streams where it's like there's always something happening like there's something dancing in the corner or there's like things being like mass thrown at them or things are just like really just distracting from like the heart of the stream which is the content Mm mm-hmm I think to a certain extent, there are... So I actually recently came across this one uh, creator mm-hmm. who is an art creator, but he has done some really, really cool stuff with uh, his overlays and his transitions. And oh. I think it's like, if you are playing into the fact of like overstimulation <laughs> and like like there's a thematic behind it, like there's, yeah. a, there's, a, there's a rhyme to the, 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 chaos. To, the, to, the, to the chaos, yes. I think in those scenarios, it's like, Yes, like it works very well, right? Mm-hmm. But in most cases, like you already have what? Your voice talking over commentary over the game. You have the game itself. Yeah. You have your VTuber model. It's like that's enough stimulation for some people already. Oh, you yeah. Know? Like I feel like the the audience appeal that the hyper overstimulated, like lots of things going on on the screen is for people who maybe focus their content more so on like, you know, the fact that they talk a lot or the fact that they're doing um, like ASMR or something, right? Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Where there needs to be a bit more stimulation on the screen. I think those, that makes sense. But like yeah. for a lot of game creators, you don't need an overlay. Like you don't, you don't need that to succeed as a, if anything, as a creator. I think the overlay, if you're like a gaming streamer, I think it takes away from the gameplay because you can't see the game. Yeah, no, for real. So and you have small. to make it smaller too. Yeah. Yeah, bro, going full, like just completely removing overlays. I don't know. I just liked my streams better because <laughs> I, I think I realized because the streamers I watch because I watch. um, OK, I don't watch VTubers. I'm sorry. I, I watch face cam streamers and I just watch like a handful of them. None of them use overlays like it's they're all just whatever the content is and like their webcam. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i'm like this is engaging enough for me like i like the content that they're making i don't need to look at a pretty overlay to feel like like i don't know, i think their content holds up by itself yeah and i think that's one thing i don't know i i feel like that's one thing especially in the vtuber scene that it's almost so like over o- over glorified if that makes sense mm, like, like the idea of having yeah like like mm, like i don't want to say that overlays are bad in the sense of like yes i think to, su- to a certain extent you still need branding right yeah like I, I can't just have my vtuber model on a black screen and just be like all right guys welcome to the stream i mean i could <laughs> but it's like you know <laughs> i dare you one stream just black screen that's it just talking for one hour pure on black, a black screen. screen nothing else yeah <laughs> <laughs> You look at me and only me, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> only Moogie. <laughs> no chat, no nothing, just just that. But no, like, I do feel like to some certain extent, like, branding is important, right? But mm-hmm. I feel like especially in the VTuber community, it's like, oh, yeah, you need to have emotes, you need to have panels, you need to have, you know, overlays, you got to have all these things, like a good mm-hmm. transition. And it's like, you don't really need it, you know? It's like, that doesn't make you a good creator. Yeah. It makes you a pretty one. But it doesn't make you, like, you know, a good one. Yeah, I think, um, like, all that kind of stuff, I feel like a lot of, maybe, like, newer content creators or ones that aren't fully, con- like, confident in their own content mm-hmm. kind of lean on as a crutch. Because mm-hmm, they're like, mm-hmm. oh, it's pretty. Rather than, like, because it's stuff that they can fix and they think it's going to fix, like, their issues when it comes to actually streaming and content creation. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, it's like putting a Band-Aid on, like, a stab wound. It's like, no, you have to focus on your content. <laughs> no, because like content, content speaks for itself. You could have the dog water, like the ugliest setup on earth. But if you are entertaining as a person, people are going to be there to watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As long as your mm-hmm. audio balance is good. Please focus on your yeah, audio oh my balance. God. Oh that my, is the important so part. Okay. So important. I streamed for a year with shit audio oh, balance. I hated man. listening to my own VODs and I couldn't fix them until I got this mic. It was, it, it's so frustrating, like, telling people about audio issues, too. Because it's, like, I feel like audio engineering itself is also just not very intuitive for a lot of people. No, um, not at all. Because you don't know why it's not working. Yeah, and <laughs> no one knows why it's not working, right? And it's, like, it, it, I, I, I come from, like, a background of, like, uh, doing mixes for people, right? Like, I've done yeah. audio mixing before. So, it's, like, I do a little bit of it. I'm not, like, a pro or anything by any means. But, like, I do know a little bit of it. And so, like, I feel like I was able to put that into my stream pretty early on. But, like, whenever I go to, like... Like, oh my god, not to fucking call Umiko out, but like sometimes I'll go to Umiko's stream and she'll laugh and her laugh will just like like pew, like into space. Like it's no, gone. I and it used to be my laugh when I first started. And I have been trying. I have been trying so hard to fix that for her. And everyone in chat just like, it's just how it is, right? It's just how it is. I'm like, no, please. Okay, but it to needs be fair, to be fixed. To be fair, my laugh was like that until I got like the sure SM7B. Because like every mic, yeah, that no is matter, fair. Yeah, that no matter is what fair. upgrade I did, nothing worked with my laugh except for this mic. And I don't know why. Like really, I just spent $400 for my laugh to be caught on stream. <sighs> man. <laughs> it just paid a win, bro. <laughs> it paid a win, man. I will say though, I think I think having good audio is um, the, most the biggest thing. overlooked thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you can look pretty and stuff. If your audio audio sounds like a fucking, uh, you know, Crunchwrap Supreme, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave. Like I'm out <laughs> of there. <laughs> I mean, and also like think about it. Most viewers are lurkers. Like a good like seventy percent. Like listen, chatters, we appreciate you, but like the majority of people who watch a stream, like they're not really chatting. They're just listening Mm-mm-mm-mm. and listening on the side. So audio is like the most important thing. Because, like, mm-hmm. not everyone's going to be looking at your stream. They're just listening to you talk and, like, react to stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
yeah, I think um, it's 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 also based on like the audience type as well, right? Mm -hmm. it, um, the the type of audience that watches you. Like some people, I think, do come to streams with the visual aspect of it, but I also feel like those people aren't once gonna that uh, aren't ones that are gonna be sticking around super long, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, it's a pretty model. And then it's like, if there's nothing else to grab them and hook them to the screen, I mean, to the street, to scream, the stream, <laughs> <laughs> then it's like, they're going to leave, you know? Yeah. And I also think going like further into that, like, I think this is a good segue into like personality types. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I think there is like, again, I, I really do believe in the idea that there's, there's a stream for everyone and everyone has an audience. Right. But I do feel like, uh, especially with content creation, you're almost pressured into doing something that you're not sometimes. Mm, and yeah. I feel like that's the discrepancy in which personality types might not work well for streaming. Yeah. It's like if you feel, if you're someone who easily conforms to what is the quote unquote status quo and doesn't do original stuff, I don't think you're cut out for streaming. No. Cause like streaming's all about, like, not like you have to be quick on your feet a lot of the times because it's live like mm -hmm. things are going to be thrown at you and you have to like learn how to react like a, a, appropriately accordingly mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. i think a lot of people especially when they're just starting they're comparing themselves to like a lot of like the top content creators who for the most part are very energetic and that's not every single type of streamer but it's like a lot of them where like they feel like they have to like kind of put on that performance which makes streaming exhausting for them mm -hmm. and like, no, like, I understand being tired after a stream just because, like, you know, you're talking for X amount of hours. Right. But I don't know, like, mentally exhausted. Like, I feel like you shouldn't be feeling that after a stream. Yeah, it's like the performance that you put on for a stream should be a performance that builds off of your own personality already. Yeah. You know, not a performance that mimics someone else's streaming style. Mm -hmm. And I, I found, <laughs> I'm not going to say the name. <laughs> <laughs> But like, I, I think I, I found this uh, most evidently in someone that we used to know. Um, they attempted to, you know, mimic streaming styles of mm. the people around them. And end of the day, it's like, when I, so it would work, you know, initially, right? Yeah. But it's the thing is you can't keep up that steam like for months and months on end, right? So at one point you're going to, you know, start changing your streaming style or like mm -hmm. you're going to start naturally just shifting in a certain other direction that maybe isn't what you wanted to portray initially. Yeah. And that's when your viewership might change. And it's like, oh, why isn't this person streaming like this anymore? You know? Which and I mean, it's hard because even if you are being your authentic self, but like sometimes you don't want to play the game that you got popular for. Mm -hmm. And you want to switch and then your viewership's going to take a dip. I'm not speaking from experience. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, you also need to change. I don't know, to keep things fresh. Because if you just keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again, like I feel like chat can tell when your heart's not really in it anymore. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and like mm -hmm. naturally, it's going to be dwindling. Like either way. So you might as well just, I don't know, have fun with it. Yeah, I think like end of the day, no matter what you do, it shouldn't be out of a motivation to be someone else, right? Yeah. Like if you see someone succeed doing something and you think, oh, let me do that same thing. Maybe I'll succeed too. It's probably not going to work. Like Because no, people can tell what's authentic and what's mm -hmm. a copycat. And they can tell, and they might not say it out loud, but they're all thinking it. Yeah, like it's in a copycat, like what we said in the previous podcast episode, it's always going to be a copycat, you know? Mm -hmm. 
it's never going to be the original. And I think the people who really do succeed at streaming, the people who really do thrive in the content creation scene are people who like really feel like they have original ideas, right? They mm -hmm. aren't just copying some trend or copying some, uh, you know, other person or other streamer. And they're doing their best to think about original ideas and how they can execute them, right? And I think like that's really like- It's hard. Yeah, it's hard. No, it is hard. It's so I, hard to be original. I feel like, I feel like that's why I, I, I really don't think everyone is cut out for streaming, right? Oh, no, not at Because it's all. like, if you can't find that in yourself, um, then I don't think you're going to make it as a streamer. Mm -hmm. Because at some point in the process of streaming, you're just, you know, you're not going to have the motivation to do anything anymore. Because it's like... What it's all if, intrinsic. Yeah, exactly, right? It's like, I'm thinking about... Um, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna drop any names. I don't, I don't want to, <laughs> I'm not gonna, gonna say, the, say name. the name, but, <laughs> um, I do have some insight on like a few creators, just a, a number of random creators because they've applied for Moogie Mart, right? Mm. Um, oh, yeah, you were telling me about this. Yeah. And it's like, it's for those, a lot of people who apply for Moogie Mart, you know, very low averages nothing, no, nothing wrong with that. Everyone yeah. starts somewhere, right? Everyone's but the thing journey. is, um, the thing is, it's like, I thought about, like what I like what I would do if I was someone with that low of an average and then, you know, went a year of just doing consistent content, three streaming three times a week, you know, uh doing everything I could and then I still stagnated in the same place, you know? Yeah. And the results are evident. A lot of those streamers that applied to Moogie Mart, yeah, um, that were under ten viewers, they stopped streaming. Like That's I can't so find sad. their accounts anymore. And it is really sad, That's but it's really the reality sad. of it, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, sometimes you can try your best and you just won't get the reception. And if you don't have any other motivation for streaming, that's, mm -hmm. you know, where you just stop doing it because you don't feel like it's worth your time anymore, you know? I will say, um, I do feel like recently there's been like an influx of graduations in like, especially like the VTubing sphere. Like everyone's like retiring from VTubing. Mm -hmm. And I think it's kind of like, a result of a lot of people just kind of getting into it because it was the latest fad back in like 2020 mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and now that like the world's opening back up again and people like who didn't see that success are like well why should i keep doing this because like they weren't really doing it to make content like they were mainly just doing it oh because everyone else was doing it mm -hmm. and it kind of like is the reason why they weren't growing in the first place because like if their entire like thing from the get-go was just to like oh let me get popular because everyone else is doing it then like obviously it's not gonna work out and even just like back to personality types not everyone should be a streamer and that's okay like you could try it and if you don't like it that's okay like no one's gonna hate on you for like not wanting to continue yeah, streaming because like, it's like i don't know streaming's hard and especially hard. streaming to like a low audience is like Having like a like a, a quiet chat, like that shit hurts. I think it's like people need to stop seeing this as well, I mean, okay. I, I think there's nothing wrong with seeing it as a hobby, right? Yeah. But I also feel like for people who like are getting into the content creation scene and like want to, you know, make something out of it, like you can't see it as a hobby, you know? Yeah. Like if you see it as a hobby, make it a hobby, right? Like make it something that you do like every every once in a while, occasionally, right? But streaming yeah. is about consistency, right? It's about consistency, having the availability to be consistent. Yeah. And if you don't have that availability, there's no way for you to make it a serious thing, you know? Yeah. And people, I think, need to recognize that. It's like there's a very big delineation between hobby streaming 
and being a like a like a solid concrete streamer, right? Yeah, like being a content creator. Mm-hmm. I will say, I think it um has a lot to do with our current internet culture where it really focuses on like you need to monetize every single hobby where hobbies can't mm, just be hobbies mm-hmm, anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like if you're good at drawing, everyone's like, oh, do commissions. I know what like, you mean. Like you make money yeah. from it. Let's say you knit. Like, oh, you should take like knitting commissions. Like you can make money from it. Oh, you do stuff with resin, sell it on Etsy. Where it's like, why can't people just have hobbies? Like why do they have to like make it into like a business venture? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that kind of infiltrated the VTubing sphere as well. Because like a lot of the VTuber like communities and fan base are very generous like i feel like they're like insanely generous compared to like other kinds of streamers Mm -hmm. and a lot of people i feel like saw it as like a quick way to like grab cash like Mm -hmm, a quick mm -hmm. cash grab and like they didn't really have i don't know like the content creation passion but like okay listen this is pot calling the kettle black i didn't have that going in i wasn't passionate about being a streamer when i started streaming it was for the meme bro i was like yo lol what if i became a vtuber and then i just did it and then like i started i'm like oh wait this is this is kind of fun and then i was like oh what if i like was consistent and then i was like oh (laughs) what if i actually like put in like proper effort and i i studied my own streams i studied other streams because i didn't watch streamers beforehand like at all. Mm. I'm like a, I'm a YouTube watcher. And so like I started watching like streamers. I started seeing what I liked and what I didn't like. Um and then I went through a rut where I was like do I even want to stream anymore? Like why am I doing this? Like I should just quit. And that was like in June of the first year I started streaming. Like maybe like 4 months after I started. Mm. I was like heavily considering just quitting. Cuz I was like why why am I doing this? Like am I having fun? But I was like let me let me just push through a little. I mean let me let me just see. Let me let me just see. Let me just see what happens. And then, like, luckily, things, like, worked out for me. But I still go through that rut, like, once every six months where I'm like, do, do I want to do this anymore? <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that's just, you know, it's just naturally going through it's, it. Yeah, it's just natural. It is. And again, it's like it's like none of those emotions are invalid. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's it's really considering, like, where your threshold is of, like, wanting to continue. Because it's mm-hmm. like I think for you, Mina, like, I, I do feel like even though like you came into it as a meme, like you you care about your content, right? Yeah, of course. Like you like making videos. You think like, you know, um, the stuff you do on stream is entertaining. And I feel like the thing is a lot of people don't see their streams in that way. Um, like a lot of people who don't care about their own content, like they don't think their own streams are entertaining. They're just oh. playing a game and reacting to it. You know what oh, I mean? Like they wouldn't watch back their own stream. Yeah, exactly. That is so, so I've dead ass been editing my own videos where I'm like, damn, I'm funny, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Like you ever hear a joke and you're like, eh, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think like that that's like that's one of the big differences, right? It's like you can go into content creation not wanting to do content creation, and then like you find out that you really like it and you mm-hmm. want to do more of it, right? But that's the big delineation. You find out you like it and you want to do more of it. A lot of people I feel like who like are stagnating in growth and wondering why they're not growing. Yeah. It's it's not that they, you know. Uh, don't care about their content but it's that they don't find their own content entertaining and so because of that they don't know how to improve it so they just keep doing the same thing in hopes that it you know one day works out right that's not how it works yeah and that's that's a big that's a big difference in like you know who makes it as a content creator who doesn't right yeah because it's like people who people who don't know what they're like what they even like themselves aren't gonna Mm. know what to stream and how to be entertaining right um i 
the way I'm kind of envisioning it right now, it's like those people who want to be famous but don't know what they want to be famous for, but they just want to yeah, be famous. They want the attention. And it, that's totally valid because I think streaming is about attention. You know, yeah. it's about it's about, you know, just uh, putting yourself out there and then getting reception for it. That's all oh. that's all it is. That's all content creation is, Bro, you know, I think that's why I like streaming. I love the attention. <laughs> Well, no, because like I never like I was never on the internet. Like I, I was on the internet, but I wasn't like on the internet like in this way where I'm like producing content. Mm-hmm. And like I never really had like that kind of like attention on me ever. Because mm-hmm. like I'm a, I'm a pretty quiet person like in real life. Like, I just mind my own business. And so like I was always the good child. So like my parents really didn't have to focus that hard on me because I was just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was following the rules. I was just online. Okay, I was just writing Glee RP, and then um. Like do, go, uh, doing content creation was like the first time I felt like, I don't know, like people were actually like had their eyes on me and I mm. could like let my personality shine. And I actually think that's why I care so much for it. Cause it's like, oh, this is my thing. Like this is like the mm. one thing that like I got to cultivate like by myself and like this is mine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's why like, you want to care for it. It's like your little farm and you're like, this is like yeah. my little, my little sprout and you guys are like turning into a tree. So I want to take care of it. And it's like mind boggling that other people don't feel that way. I think it's, it's um like what you said, it's, I also really love the attention too. It's like, who doesn't, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think that's just the natural part of content creation. Who goes into content creation just wanting to make stuff? Like everyone no, wants to have- Liars, liars. Yeah. You want someone to look at what you just made. Yeah, because <laughs> it's like that, that's, that's the essence of what being human is, right? It's like people want to have approval for what the things that they work hard on. Mm-hmm. Like every, in everything, like you, if you work hard on- you know, uh, if you work hard in your job, you want to have you want to have a promotion, you know, yeah. you want to get praised for it because you worked hard. Right. It's like you want a response for the things that you produce. And yes. There's nothing wrong with that. The issue is if you don't care about the things that you produce, but still want a response for it. Mm, you know what I it's mean? Like you want your cake and eat it, too. Yeah, exactly. It's like you have to care about the things that you're making and you have to be aware of how your audience is responding. Right. Yeah. It's like. It's one of those things where it's like, it's not a, it's not a, as much as I wish it was just like, oh, do whatever you want, right? Like, and you'll grow and like become successful. No, like to some certain extent, you do need to appeal to the audience, right? It's just like working as well. It's like, yeah, you might not work, you know, overtime Mm -hmm. uh, if you didn't have any benefits associated with it, but you're doing it because you have benefits associated with it, right? It's like same for streaming. Oh my God. I'm sorry. You just gave me a war flashback of um when you said like you know you have to be like more like appealing to like a wider range of audience mm-hmm. okay so i'm not gonna say the name of the person but there was someone i used to be friends with in the community and um i told you about this before mookie mm. and um it was right when like my one of my youtube videos started popping off like a lot and i was talking to this person and they like and they've been trying to like pop off like on youtube or on twitch for like years beforehand and like you know like I, I got pretty lucky like within a year so I, I i can admit that i got very lucky but um they were like well yeah but like wh- oh, what did they say oh shit what did they say they were like basically insinuating that i make normie content or like i'm like pc friendly oh. like what did they say do you remember exactly what they told me i i don't exactly remember what it was but i do remember it was really weird champ it was like yeah i was like it why was are- like what <laughs> it was like it was something along the lines of like like oh like i i don't i don't make the same content you do and thus i haven't popped off it's just a bit more niche or something like that but right? we're playing it's the like, same game yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is it's like yeah it's like <sighs> like we're playing the same game bro like what do you mean we make different content 
I think like that's such an elitist attitude, you know, because it's right. like, I do think to a certain extent, right? Like you do appeal to the status quo. Like you can't make it in the content creation community yeah. if you don't like somewhat appeal to what's popular at the moment, right? Because mm -hmm. it's like, yes, you know, you can find your niche, but end of the day, like if you aren't, you know, bringing new and exciting things into your niche, it's not going to be substantial. It's going to fizzle like, out. Yeah, it's not going to be sustainable. But yeah, I remember that. That was, uh, oh and I think I remember telling you about. It. I'm like that. I, I was like, I feel kind of icky after hearing that. I was like, I don't, I don't like that. It just like, I don't know. It, like, it felt like they were almost just saying like, oh, you only got popular because like you sound like more giggly or you sound happier, mm -hmm. and not necessarily like, no, I put in the work. Yeah, because you did. I put in the work in the right places. That's the difference. You have to know say, where to put the work. Bringing this back into what it takes to be a content creator, those type of people aren't ever going to make it as a content creator. Yeah, I it's know. Like they're too focused <laughs> on other people. It's like, yeah. why are you so focused on other people? You know, if you so like desire this and you so want to be this, you know, like you got to you got to realize that it's like if that's not who you are, that's just not who you are. You know, yeah. like like you can't force yourself to be someone else. And even if you did, it's not sustainable. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, you, why are you, I think like it comes, pushing it so hard. It's, it's not even like that. It's, it comes from like a place of jealousy, right? Yeah. It's like, they wish they were this thing that got this other person popular when they don't realize that there are so many ways to get popular. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you have to be willing to change where like, yes, you want to say like, you want to stay true to yourself at like the end of it. It has to be a good balance. There, there has to be a balance, but there's just mm -hmm. objective things that you can work on to make the content creation journey a bit easier where like interacting with chat properly, um, knowing how to fill dead space. Like a lot of things can, or even just talking cohesively. Yeah. Can add so much. Like I'm still working on oh, it because I man. slur a lot. That's one thing I feel like uh, people really don't uh, pay attention to. Like, I think all of these things, like the qualities of like interacting with chat, yeah. talking more cohesively and stuff and whatnot, right? It all kind of ties into kind of the uh, the ability to hold a conversation, but also articulate a conversation, right? Oh, it's, yeah. It's, I feel like so many streamers just do not know. <laughs> how to respond i was gonna say something mean <laughs> what are you gonna say um this guy chat uh email listeners this doesn't leave okay it's because most content creators don't like talk to people normally so they don't know how to talk to people on stream i mean i'm listen, i mean listen i think i mean i think i do well in streams because i had a sales background where i got comfortable talking to just people i don't know and selling them something and now what i'm selling you guys is my personality <laughs> personality huh yeah my personality my my, my quick wit in my 80 percent joke 80 percent win rate yes i don't know though because like i mm, I don't know, because I don't think I particularly talked to many people before content Mookie, creation either. You know everyone, but you've been content creationing since you were 11. Yeah, but like I didn't talk to people. I didn't talk on stream and stuff like that. I but barely talked in college. To, but you still know how to talk to people and you had a job. So Do you I were know still, how to talk to people? You know hey, how to talk to people. My job was solitary. <laughs> but you still had people you were interacting with. 
I think you're very and you were like you were an acapella or some shit. Like you were like a, you were basically a theater kid. You were a glorified theater theater listen, kid. Listen, 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 listen. Those are skill about, sets. We don't, that, we don't, we don't talk those about those. Those are days. skill sets that really do help. Like just like the soft qualities. Oh wait, wait. Actually, we can we can go to that to- uh, that point real quick. The soft and hard qualities that are skill set. I'm not soft. I'm hard. Yeah. Okay. The, the hard skills and soft <laughs> skills, but like for what it takes to be a streamer, because like um. <laughs> I'm sorry, someone commented. Mina routinely talks to her cause will cut out in her room so her social skills are able to <laughs> <laughs> uh, For those listening at home, I have a five foot four Kazuha, uh, Kaitehara Kazuha from Genshin Impact, cardboard cutout. He brings me comfort. He, he makes me feel safe. I turn around and he's there. So he's very stable in my life. But um, so like hard skills are like actual like skill sets that you can like show for. Like, uh, like, editing skills um talking like being able to talk and improv um how you're able to like engineer like a stream like how, how good at you are like problem management like that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and like soft skills are personality skills where it's like approachable friendly um you know quick-witted like that kind of stuff that you just naturally get through talking with people those are soft skills and i feel like streaming is like one of those few or the few fields where soft skills are almost more important than the hard skill set because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you can almost always hire someone else to deal with like all like the hard stuff you can hire editors you can hire a manager to deal with everything you can't hire someone to make your personality better unless you count therapy uh, i wouldn't really count therapy i feel like <laughs> therapy is not a personality thing it's working out of trauma that's different <laughs> I'd argue that I'm funnier with trauma. <laughs> hey, man, trauma adds a little sprinkle of... Uh, that's, that's where the comedy comes from. How are you supposed to be funny if you had a normal life? What are you going to joke about? Oh, today my mom made pasta. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, how are you supposed to be funny? <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, no. Um, Like, speaking on, I think, soft skills, mm-hmm. uh, I, I do feel like... In terms of uh, any job, though, I think soft skills are really important. Mm -hmm. And I actually think that might be why a lot of VTubers try and fail is because a lot of them are very young and Uh. they don't have the experience of like being in a professional space, being in a space that, you know, isn't just them fucking around. Right. Mm -hmm. And not to say like, I don't think they're like, I don't think, you know, age has anything to do with maturity. Because I feel like I was one of the very mature youngsters in the in the world. <laughs> You've always but, been a um, boomer, fam. I've always been a boomer. I came out of the womb a boomer. <laughs> I came out of the womb 35. You were a um, womber. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I do feel like that might be like a reason as to why a lot of streamers, uh, especially VTubers, don't really find their footing is because they've never had a scenario in which they had to talk professionally you know mm. and not to say like i talk professionally on stream but there's there's a difference you know like me yeah. talking right now to you is not the same that we would talk like off stream you know yeah. we would be like silent for 90 percent of the time off stream <laughs> we really are <laughs> <laughs> yeah you guys like learning how i don't interact with people it's just so many people don't know how to do it but even people who were like, okay, I'm like a little bit on the older side, especially with content creation and like the mm-hmm. current like atmosphere. I'm 27. And like a lot of the people. Oh, you know, I'm 35. <laughs> okay, Mookie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
um and so like i i think i really benefited from just finishing college in person getting all that interaction in person and then you know going to work and having to talk to people like every single day really like helped define like who i was because of like how many people i interacted with and you just like naturally learn like what you like and what you don't like when talking to people Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. how to hold conversations and how to talk professionally how to like deal with conflict resolution in like a productive manner where not everyone's just crying by the end of it and like actually like working towards solutions and i think a lot of people don't know how to do that which is sad i think I, it, it's sad i think a lot of people just don't know how to do that period like it's a pretty hard <laughs> skill to learn <laughs> i think people are too prideful not just not just content creators man that's just everyone ah <laughs> uh, uh, yes r.i.p yeah, man, I, uh, I don't know. I feel like, especially in the realm of uh, the younger content creation side, mm -hmm. like, there's also just, um, there's too many people who are just way too impressionable, if that makes sense. Mm. And I think, like, especially in the era in which, like, there's a lot of, I, I hesitate to say toxic positivity, because I don't think all of it's bad. You know what mm -hmm, I mean? Mm -hmm. But I do feel like there is like a status quo of almost being like, oh, like you have to enjoy your job and you have to, you know, like, like your passion should be where you're headed towards. And I feel like a lot of the younger generation are very impressionable and thus get kind of this inkling of like, yes, I need to do my passion. And then they I see would everyone. I argue that the younger generation is more cynical. Really? Yeah, because... Like, I don't know, when I was in high school, we were promised, like, if you went to college, you'll have the world. That's not what happened, bro. <laughs> we went to college no, but that, and we got that's exactly That's exactly what I mean. Yeah, no, it's... but the current generation, they saw that we got lied to. And now they're like, well, why should I even try? And I think that's why they're probably putting everything into, like, their hobbies. Because, like, well, if I'm going to fail, I might as well enjoy it. No, no, but that's what I mean. I, I don't. I don't think we're talking about different things here. Oh, okay. Wait. I mean, like, I mean, like when <laughs> you didn't let me finish. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so. I'm so sorry. I mean, like when people now, I feel like it's like, oh, I need to do my passion. Mm -hmm. I need to do like you know, I need to make my hobby my career. I need to do this right. And I think because of that, a lot of the younger people see like, oh, content creation is like you know, you get famous, you get like you know, can get sponsorships, you know, you can uh, have recognition stuff like that, and it's like. It may not be their passion, but it may be a part of their passion. And when they see other people around them becoming successful in this, they're like, oh, let me do this too, right? And I think mm. what I mean by that is like people aren't following um, the status quo in the sense of going to college and whatnot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're following the status quo of, you know, wanting to make their career a, sorry, wanting to make their hobby a career. And that's, I feel like to some extent, a little bit dangerous, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a little bit dangerous, especially in the younger community, because... People now are putting all, they're all into this thing that, you know, they might not even really want to do. And mm. it's just like, it's like the other side of the coin of like, yes, people putting their all into like a career that they might not really want to do. But now it's like people are giving up their, you know, intellectual, uh, like people are giving up their intellectual career to do something, a hobby that they really want to do. Yeah. Or so they think, but they don't know that, right? And especially with content creation, because it's like on the outside, it seems so cool, you know? Mm -hmm, it's like, mm -hmm. oh, you're doing all these things. You're playing video games for money, you know? And then once they really get into the nitty gritty of it, it's like, do I actually want to do this? You yeah. Know? 
And it's like, it's scary because like if the answer is no and they've already put in so much time and effort into it. Right, right. It's almost like, well, I have to just keep going because like some cost fallacy, like I already put so much into mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. But it's also like, I don't know, content creation. I always feel like it's like that one, like especially with streamers, it looks like such an attainable career because it, they're the closest things to celebrities that are normal people. Yeah. And so when someone sees that, like they see Asmund Gold. And they're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's just a regular dude. Like, I can do that. But like, yeah, I can be a regular dude. <laughs> no, you can't. Because the way that he knows how to hold the conversation and the way that he knows just how to speak to his, his own community and his chat. That's like years of practice and effort. Like mm-hmm. that didn't happen overnight. And like he has a very specific um, like skill set that works for him that looks like it could be easily replicated. But it can't because if it could, everyone would be 50K Andes. Mm hmm. I think like that, that really draws us back to like soft skills, right? Because it's yeah. like people see these things on the screen and it's it's like watching an actor and it's like, yeah, I could do that. I could, you know, be sad like that. I could, you know, like cry like that. <laughs> I could cry. Like, yeah, yeah <laughs> like, I can cry. I have mental illness. I can do that, right? Like I'm depressed, man. Give me a fuck. <laughs> Give me a scene. I'm crying on the spot. And it's like, it's like you see it and you're like, I could do that. But mm-hmm. in reality, it's it's not that easy, right? It's yeah. like it's like you have all the emotional turmoil that comes with your career doing something like this as well, and also like all of the uh, physical physical stress of doing all this thing is all these things as well, right? Mm-hmm. It's like when you work a nine to five, you are really just you know doing stuff that people tell you to do. Yeah, you're not thinking about your own autonomy and your own uh, like. I guess in this case, content, right? You're not mm-hmm. thinking about your own uh, jurisdiction in these matters because it's like you're working for someone else. You're working to get a paycheck from someone mm-hmm. else. When you do these things by yourself, suddenly you have all the freedom, but almost too much freedom, you know? Oh, dude, it's scary. Like mm-hmm. I'm transitioning out of working a full-time job <clears throat> to being full-time content creator. Not willingly, but you know, it's happening. And <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. And I'm terrified because I really enjoy just... I do my job, I get paid, and then I get to do content creation, like, on the side, mm-hmm. where, like, my actual passion lies. But, like, having to go, like, full-time content creation, it's just, like, I have to somehow figure out how to manage my entire day by myself now. Whereas, like, before, I could, I had leeway, where it was, like, if I want to be a little bit lazy, I have my other paycheck to always fall back on. Mm-hmm. But now it's, like, content creation, it's going to be my primary source. So, like, I'm going to have to put in, like, that amount, like, the same amount of effort I put into, like, a 9 to 5, I'm going to have to put into content creation and probably even more because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're never off. Like, it, it gets to a point, and I think that's probably just work-life balance, where if you're not doing something productive, like, let's say you're just playing a game in your free time, you kind of feel guilty. And you're like, I should be doing, like, something content-related or I should be making content. Like, why am I just, mm-hmm. like, like, playing a game or just, like, watching a show when I could be doing something that can, like work on a video, work on another stream idea, like, you know, go respond to these emails that you need to respond to. And like, you really lose your sense of free time where it's like all consuming. And that's terrifying to go through like, essentially like an occupation that consumes 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, you have to, like people who are seeing this from the outside in have to recognize that like having too much freedom is a detriment, right? Mm-hmm. It's like when you have all the time in the world to quote unquote work on your career, it's like basically 
like saying, no time. yeah, it's basically saying that you have no time at all. Cause it's like every single waking hour of your life could be time put towards this thing. Mm-hmm. And you yourself have to decide what is enough free time and what is enough break time, you know? And that's hard. That's really fucking hard. Yeah. Cause you don't know until you start experience it. But then when you experience it, you feel compelled to work harder. Cause it's something that you care about. Mm-hmm. It's not like some nine to five job where you don't really, you know, give a shit about it after you're done, you know, clocking in, you're just out, you know, yeah. and you get your paycheck, right? Like, this is something we care about. This is something that we want to do and we want to make good. And it's like, when you give yourself that quote unquote, all the time in the world to do it, you suddenly have no time in the world to do yeah. it because you want to put all the time in the world into it, you know? Yeah, like um, almost immediately after I found out I was getting laid off, I like went to Moogie. I'm like, well, I'm making myself a schedule. I'm going to be <laughs> I'm going to be a nine to fiver for content creation where I'm going to be like making myself busy. Like I'm going to write out my day to day schedule. I'm just going to do it like properly. Because, like, I personally, like, I need that. And I, I think a lot of, of the content creators who kind of, like, don't make it don't have that kind of discipline. Mm-hmm. Where they just, like, I don't know, like, kind of like a, uh, what, what was it, what's it called? Like, a, like an MLM, Get Rich Quick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like a Ponzi scheme. Is that what they're called? Yeah. I feel like it's it's not even that. I think part of it is, yes, maybe they don't have discipline. But it's also, like, for some people, they just can't sustain it. You know what I mean? It's like, Mm. yes, they could have the discipline to do this consistently, you know, for maybe half a year. Yeah. But then they start burning out and then they can't bring themselves to come back, you know? Uh, Working through burnout is like integral. You have to. You have Mm -hmm. to learn how to work through it because like, I don't know, I don't want to do stuff half the times, but you know, you you have to, so you do it. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. It's It's like hard. You have to find a good balance of like how much rest to give yourself while also consistently put out content. And that's really difficult. Mm-hmm. It's really fucking difficult because it's like you can really easily overwork yourself. You can really easily underwork yourself and feel guilty for doing that. And you can also just really easily just give up because it's like no one's stopping you from giving up. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's like if you're working a job and you just stop working... It's like, yeah, there's going to be repercussions for everyone, especially if you're working a job that's like a, you know, um, a chain process where it's like yeah. you do a you do, you do a part of a job that someone else has to do later on. Right. Yeah. And it's like there's repercussions to you stopping your work. If you stop your work in content creation, what's the repercussion? You stop Literally, doing content. Yeah. There's nothing, you know, like that's why it's so self-disciplined because mm-hmm. like the only person you're essentially hurting is yourself. But yeah, I think that's a good place to go intermission. We're talking for almost an Content hour. Content creation is depressing. <laughs> it's depressing. Dude, it's no, but like actually I've never gone through so oh, much man. internal turmoil that I have like from content creation. We're fucking real, dude. All right. Yeah. Should we go to intermission? Yeah. Hi, everyone. This is Moogie of Moogie Mail, a podcast of two content creators and streamers talking about how they navigate the world of modern content creation and internet culture. You can watch our podcast live on Twitch at Moogie Mail Podcast every Friday at 8 p.m. EST, where you can also join the live audience and talk to us during our exclusive intermissions. We both thank you so much for listening to Moogie Mail, and please enjoy the rest of the episode. Welcome to the Migi Mail Mail-In Session. Today in our Mail-In Session, we have a question from June. 
June asks, how would you approach growing a community from scratch and little to no resources or friends to help moderate said community? That's hard. It's hard. There's, there's, there's no easy way. It's hard. Mm -hmm. It's just hard. Because I think we both pretty much started with like from scratch. Mm -hmm. We yeah. started at different points. But we pretty much started from scratch because I know when I created my like I made a whole new Twitter. I made a whole new account for everything. I knew no one in the content creation sphere. I, I had to be very proactive in the beginning to actually like reach out and talk to people. But I do think when I started <clears throat> was a good time when people were willing to make friends with new people. Yeah. I don't think that's the case anymore. I don't think so either. Yeah, I think um, I started back... I actually started a long time ago, like in 2020. But I didn't start streaming until 2021. And then I took a huge break. And then I started streaming again in 20... Uh, later 2021. Um, um, but... That was like when the period of which VTubers, I feel like first started becoming like a, like a, like a community, right? Yeah. I think like that back then I was okay with calling the VTuber sphere a community because it was really like close knit enough where everyone kind of knew each other mm -hmm. uh, and there were familiar faces, right? And no matter like, I feel like where you went in the sphere, like you saw a familiar face somewhere. And I feel like now it's become so saturated that's harder because God, so many VTubers. Yeah, because because it's like it's there's so many people now and it's intimidating to try to reach out to people now that it's like everyone you meet is a new person, you know? And um, also, um, I think a lot of people are more established now as mm -hmm, well mm -hmm. because a lot of people like started in like 2020, 2021, the big boom. And so like everyone was really willing to interact with one another, you know, be a community because everyone was still yeah, new. Like, support each other as well. Yeah. yeah. But now like the people who are still streaming are pretty much like they're set in like what they're doing and once you kind of get comfortable you don't really want to branch out and like make connections or make new friends because you're like oh i already have friends like these are the friends i made in the beginning and like they're the mm -hmm. ones i'm pretty much sticking with mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so it's harder to like break in from that and also just like starting a community from scratch is hard it's really hard it's really fucking hard i think like um so for reference point, I've been doing content creation for a while, but uh, Mugi was basically completely new. Like I started with new accounts on everything. I like, you know, I, I, I didn't like, I was a face cam streamer before and I also was a cosplayer before. I didn't tell anyone that I was Mugi. You know, mm -hmm. I just kind of disappeared one day and I came back uh, with new accounts. And I was like, I'm just going to start anew. You know, I'm not mm -hmm. going to uh, try to have anything from my past because I wanted to create something different. Yeah, and like a fresh start. Yeah, like a fresh start. But even with that, it's like, when you say start from scratch, like when I say start from scratch, I'm saying I start from scratch in terms of numbers, right? In terms yeah. of like my st statistics. I'm not starting from scratch in terms of like my skills. Yeah. I still have the ability to do a bunch of things. I have the soft skills needed for it. And I've picked up other things in my other content creation fields that allow me to have a head start in this new thing that I'm starting, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I would say it's the same for Mina as well, right? It's like Mina was maybe not so technically skilled in a lot of these things, but Mina had a lot of experience in, you know, being a personality, you know, like talking Bro, and stuff, right? I don't know. I had to learn. I, I don't, don't know, man. I, I feel like you're very my... naturally apt at it. 
I, I think I picked it up quickly, but I don't know. My early streams were bad. I don't know. Like, I tried talking to chat, but it felt weird. It was, like, awkward. I will just say, like, from when I was watching your earlier streams, I do feel like you had a lot more, uh, like, it felt like you had a lot more experience in it than, like, your typical, mm, like a typical uh, new random, streamer. Yeah, like a typical new streamer. Like, I definitely feel like you had, if not, like, I don't want to say, like, a head start, because, like, mm -hmm. of course, you've never done content before, right? But you definitely had uh, the... Uh, what's the word? Uh, like, you had the uh, ability to do it. I don't. Mm. I, uh, I don't. There's a specific like the word for that's like potential. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Your your potential was there, right? Mm. And I feel like for some people, like they really have to work for it because they just uh. never had that experience in their life. You know? Yeah, like it doesn't come naturally, or right. it's like not there, like at all from the beginning. Right. And I so think I think I think starting from scratch is a very broad term, right? Because it's like, you can start from scratch, yes, numbers-wise, mm -hmm. but you would have picked up so many different things if you had done other things in the past before. That doesn't mm -hmm. really make it mm -hmm. from scratch, you know? But yeah, I, I also feel like um, there's a lot more resources now in a sense of like a lot more tutorials are out, a lot more um, like straight up, uh, people who are open to talking about these things yeah. are, you know, existent. And I feel like back then it was like not really existent. So it was a bit of a trade-off in the sense of like, yes, the community was a lot more uh, friendly back then and a lot more supportive of each other. Mm -hmm. But I feel like back then there was also because it was no, there were no resources, <laughs> you know, no one knew how to do anything. Yes. So everyone was like, oh, let me seek out other people, right? Mm -hmm. I also think that um, when you're first starting out, the most important thing that you can do, don't really focus on your model. If you're like talking about like a VTuber, don't mm -hmm. focus on like necessarily how like your overlays look. Don't like, don't care too much about that. Put 100 of yourself into bettering your skills as a content creator. Focus 100% on your content and the viewership will follow. You can always make upgrades in the future, but developing those skill sets to be an entertaining content creator is something that you just you have to work towards you have to work towards it as early right. as possible mm -hmm. because like what did they say like the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago and the mm -hmm, next best mm -hmm. time is now and so yeah, it doesn't like yeah Go ahead. you can always make visual improvements right like like what you said you can always make visual improvements yeah but it's like those skills i oh my god there's i'm not gonna say the name <laughs> Woo! but there's this one streamer i know who has had like two re-debuts has a really expensive model and, you know, yes, they debut and they have high numbers for like maybe like a few months, but then eventually it goes back down because mm. the issue is they spend so much time hyping up and prepping their debut and, you know, like making this like this big thing, this big event yeah. and like, you know, finding the people to support them through it, like so they can get big rates and like your cloud chasing and stuff like that, that they never actually worked on their soft skills of being an actual entertainer. Mm. And so you go to their stream and it's like really dry, you know, oh it's God. like I feel so bad sometimes. Because I feel like I know who you're talking about. And like, there was a, like a content creator who we're not going to say the name of. But, like for a while, they were averaging like really high. Mm -hmm. And I go now to look and it's like maybe like sub 20. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that difference is insane. <sighs> and I think it, it comes from the issue of like people thinking building a community from scratch means having good visuals. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. I think like that is a big 
fallacy, not fallacy, but it's like a bit, big fault in the VTuber scene in yeah. which because everything is so visually reliant, people think that's the only way to grow, right? And yes, it is one way to grow, but it's not one way to be consistently growing, right? Yeah. And for the question, uh, going back to June, um, about how to grow a community from, from scratch, I think honestly, the best thing that you can do is to just build up your skills. Yeah. Because it's like, once you build up those skills and you maybe like, because I think like, I'm, re I'm a really good example, right? It's like, I didn't get comfortable with streaming until maybe recently. I started doing stuff more consistently only in the, like the last year. And now that I am consistent, I feel like I have the ability to buy a model. I Because I mm -hmm. got the money from streaming to get my model, you know? Yeah. But the reason why I can do that is because I've been streaming with, you know, very minimal things and like, and I've just been working, yeah, I've just been working on myself, right? And it's not worth it for you to feel so dejected and so like you, your money was put to waste if you're purchasing this like really expensive investment and then you're not getting the return that you expect, right? Yeah. Like, please don't go buy a $5,000 model if you've never streamed before. Mm -hmm. for the love of god please don't mm -hmm. do that just focus on your content watch back your content i think that's super important that not enough people do and take notes what do you find entertaining what don't you find entertaining also cross post your content oh my post god on TikTok, yes post on youtube yes you oh like you have god. to force people to come to your stream because they're not good twitch will give you nothing they oh discoverability non-existent the only people who get discovered on Twitch are those who are like the top two rows of whatever category they're playing. Mm -hmm. And so if you're starting out, you're not going to be in the top two rows. Like unless you're playing a dead category, no one's watching those categories to begin with. So you have to cross like uh, cross post. You have to be active on like when you're cross posting. Like if anything, you should be focusing more on YouTube and TikTok than mm -hmm. on Twitch. Like Twitch should be the, an avenue for you to just create the content for other platforms. And then you know, just they had to work together like symbiotic relationships. Like I know I focus more on YouTube right now because I feel like that's kind of where, where the potential is. And Twitch is like the fun times. Like I come here to have a good time. Yeah. And I think like that's one thing that um, maybe back then, like resources wise, people didn't know about, right? Mm -hmm. I think like right now, uh, the idea of cross posting, the idea of actually making content from your streams is like almost novel for some people, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like people didn't do that before, right? And now they're doing it, but it's so important. And it's like, it's like one of the ways that you can really get yourself exposed out there. Cause like, if you don't have friends to do it for you, if you don't have, you know, connections already, no one's going to do it for you, but yourself, you yeah. know? But I would even so argue, you have to, you have if to it's just like it. connections that people like, you're using like your friends, like communities to like, kind of like get yourself numbers, it's never going to last. Because they're there for your friend and not for you. Mm, so you really have to like mm -hmm, kind of mm -hmm. like create your own community. Yeah. I, I, mm, I'd say that there's half half to that because I think, especially if you're just starting out, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a lot of people in more established communities who want to support new, new streamers. Mm. So I feel like if you have friends who like maybe already have established communities, yeah. like say Umiko, um, not saying Umiko's a cloud chaser. <laughs> I feel like Umiko's 
very like conscious of like not being a cloud chaser. Yes, 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 yes. Umiko's wonderful. She's not a cloud chaser. All, all discretion, all discretion. Yeah, she gets so stressed out about it sometimes. And I'm like, yeah. it's okay. Like you're doing fine. <laughs> like for example, like I have a lot of people from my community who go to Umiko's stream mm-hmm. and support her because she's my friend and I care for her a lot. And I make that very clear that I yeah. care for her a lot, right? And Umiko's very fortunate in that to have a small viewership of mine who have you know gone over there to support her Mm -hmm. and that's not very common because it's like i think about like what if you know uh umiko started streaming out without any of our help she wouldn't have a model first Uh, of all yeah you know she wouldn't have a model she would not know how to set up her computer she wouldn't even know how to get a computer you know that was from us as well she wouldn't know how to set up obs there's just so many things that she benefits from having us as friends because we've already gone through all the you know the hurdles of these things Mm -hmm. right and not to say like that's a bad thing but it's definitely a you know an encouragement because it makes it so much easier to get into yeah because let's say something's going wrong with your obs like you have people you can ask like mm-hmm. you don't have to go to obscure Reddit forums to try to figure yeah. out what the hell is going We're on. Searching on Reddit, like, how do I stop OBS from crashing? <laughs> Reddit.com. You know? Why does my OBS keep crashing? Like, what's going on? <laughs> like... Yeah, and I think like that's a benefit of friends, right? Of oh, course, yeah. it's like, you know, viewership from friends isn't going to last. Because end of the day, the people who come from the communities that are already established want to watch their streamer. And it's very unlikely that they're going to completely readjust to that new person, yeah. right? But it definitely makes it easier. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't think that's discountable. I do think though, like in Umi's case, not everyone I think is as nice to like newer streamers and like our friend group. Mm, that is true. I, yeah. I, I feel like it's a, it's almost an outlier where most people, especially like most established creators, I don't think would give a new creator the time of day because like think about it umi we got closer to umi because like you know her like in real life that is true that that is true so like that was already a head start just like like just from knowing us versus like if someone was like actually brand new to like the community and didn't have any friends like didn't know anyone like in real life that was like a content creator or like Mm -hmm. just like a twitter mutual or something like they're not gonna get that kind of help and like it's hard you just trial and error and you have to just keep working hard and like kind of force yourself or force a place for yourself god it's such a fucking complex scene of just people <laughs> pretend to be anime girls man it's so fucking weird pretending oh you're so i'm so sorry oh you're so I, you're, you're pretending? so right i live in japan thank you <laughs> nihongo jozu des <laughs> Oh, man. Do you want to move on to the next question? Yeah, yeah. You can read this one. Okay. It's number 27, right? <clears throat> and this question was asked by Pokemon Trainer. Sorry, I went into my Ash Ketchum voice. Okay, Ash. Thank you. <laughs> Do you think early content creators tend to not ban people in the fear they won't grow in numbers? Numbers seems like the uh, very common measure in early content creation. 100%. People mm-hmm. are terrified of getting rid of... Like, let's say they have, like, three viewers and they're afraid to get rid of one of those viewers because the whole third of their whole entire viewership. And that's scary to get rid of because they think that, like, no one else is going to come to, like, their streams if that one person who's, like, kind of being a menace is there. But let me, let, me, let, me, let me tell you guys a secret. If you get rid of that person, I promise you three people are going to replace them because that person's keeping other people out. That's one of the things 
I think I learned very early on in streaming because I have very low tolerance for bullshit. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I want to argue and say that, like, the reason why um, a lot of people actually, like, so didn't, so I used to, so I used to be a face cam streamer, right? Yeah. And I didn't like my community as a face cam streamer, so I just decided to start over. And at one point, <laughs> I was like, I don't like, like these people. <laughs> I don't like these people. I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> and so at one point I reconnected my, you know, uh, old stream stuff, my new stream stuff. And the people who came in from my old stream stuff that yeah. I knew were problematic, you know, I didn't give them the light of day. And it was just so jarring that no one from my old community stuck around, you know, oh. it's because I changed as a person. I was yeah. just, I just gave, I was, I had less tolerance for bullshit, you know? Mm -hmm. And the issue is, is I realized very early on that when you have that one chatter that's being really fucking weird or being really parasocial or being yeah. just like taking up so much space in the chat, it makes other people feel intimidated to feel like they have a place in that community. Yeah, it deters people from talking mm -hmm. like the normal ones. They won't talk if there's someone being freaking weird in chat. Yeah, like if you have this one guy consistently being like, oh my God, mommy, oh my God, mommy, oh my God, mommy, you know, like, <laughs> like people are going to think that's the norm <laughs> of the chat. And they're not going to, you know, comment because they're yeah. like, oh, this is not my place, you know? Mm, and I mm -hmm. think, like, that's one thing that a lot of streamers, like, smaller streamers uh, don't really recognize is that it's, like, it's not the end of the world if you change, like, your the environment of your chat, you know? Yeah. You don't have to conform to chat. You should be conforming chat to you, yeah. you know? You no, know, chat reflects the streamer at the end of the day. So, like how the energy and the vibes that you're giving off and like you have to put in the effort to cultivate chat to what you want mm -hmm. and you sometimes you got to get rid of the people who just aren't passing the vibe check like i stopped having a three strike policy like way like maybe like two months into streaming i'm like nah nah you if i don't like you you're out bro this is my space mm -hmm. like if i don't think you vibe with the community Yo, like, my space? you're out sorry i'm so sorry i'm so sorry i'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but it's like it's no, just like just pushed on TV. <laughs> I'm sick of you. Um, <laughs> no, <Sorry>. but it, <laughs> but it's just like my my tolerance for people who just aren't passing the vibe check. Like my rules are more or less just like if you don't pass the vibe check, you're out. Like you don't even have to break a rule for me to kick mm -hmm. you out. And it's just so much more cathartic because if you're looking for a reason to ban someone that that's reason enough to ban them yeah i think um i really hope like i know it's easier said than done right but i mm -hmm. really hope like for smaller creators like one day it becomes the norm of just not tolerating bullshit um because it's it's just like the more people tolerate it the more people think it's going to be the norm the yeah. more people more of those problematic people are going to go into other small streamers communities and be the same way you know, be the same way and be problematic. Yeah. It's Ugh. like, it fixes nothing if, if you don't take a stand for it. yourself. Yeah, exactly. And it just escalates the issue for other people as well. So I really hope that one day it becomes the norm to just call out shit like that. Because mm -hmm. it's like, it really does not benefit anyone. You know, the people who are acting shitty don't learn. They go and bother other people. Um, and also, you know, like you feel uncomfortable and your chat takes, your chat feels uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, <sighs> it's trial and error. You have to kind of learn your own threshold for bullshit. Mm -hmm. And like, it's so hard at the beginning to like ban people outright, especially regulars. 
but I don't know, it gets easier over time where it's like, if this person isn't being beneficial and like, they're just constantly bringing down the mood and you're like actively looking or like dis or you're not looking forward to seeing them in your community, yeet them, delete them, ban their ass. You don't have to give a reason. Like just, that's it. Just remove them and move on. And there will be someone else who is better, who's more respectful that will replace them, hopefully. And they will. They will. Yeah. It's it's a matter of time. You know, it's not like that one viewer is going to be the end all be all, you know? Oh my God. That actually reminds me. So like sometimes I stream on YouTube and I was, uh, there was like these two chatters specifically and like the pre, like in the wait, the waiting room chat mm. talking about the most random shit on earth, like completely off topic. I could tell they were both like under 13. Like, you, you know, <sighs> you could just, you could tell. And yeah, like, yeah. I was so annoyed reading their messages. And one of them was like, oh, yeah, we're Mina's favorite. I want to be like, no, the fuck you aren't. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I ended up just because the way that YouTube bans people is they don't tell them that they're banned. They just like talk into the void. So like their messages just aren't shown anymore. So I muted both of them. And all of a sudden there was an influx of other people who were just like, is it normal? Is it, is it, is it, can we talk now? Like, is it normal to talk now? And, like, these poor people are just waiting for these weirdos to get out of there so that they can have, like, a normal conversation about, like, whatever the stream topic was going to be. I think about it in a sense of, like, if you're in a group chat, right? Like, think about it if you're in a group chat with some people that you don't know. Like, maybe for an event or something, right? If everyone's chatting and there's no, like, lull in the conversation for you to come in, mm -hmm. then you're going to feel intimidated to actually talk in there, you yeah. know? And that's the same way for streaming. It's, like, if your chat environment feels intimidating for new chatters to come in and speak on certain things yeah then people aren't just just aren't going to you know like they're just going to mm -hmm. be lurkers and listen we love our lurkers but you guys can say hi yeah we don't bite hey every I, lurker I right sometimes. now <laughs> say hi <laughs> every lurker right now say uh uh um biscuit <laughs> my ass is fat what <laughs> Say my ass is fat. Yeah, your ass is fat. Yeah, Tetravano, hello, your ass is fat. Your ass is so fat. Oh, your ass massive. Actually, your ass there's... is fat. No, your ass is fat. There was one time um, someone who had been following me for like over a year finally said hi in chat. And I was like, holy shit, this is like a proper lurker who like, <laughs> who said hello. I was like, oh my God, hi. Like, oh, did I tell you about, Um, I think I told you about this, but. At the convention? Yeah, at the convention. Yes. There, we were, so we were like, I, I was doing like a, like a pseudo meetup, right? It was like very small. Like I didn't really talk about it before the convention. I was just like, I'm going to be sitting here. I'm going to be chilling for a bit. If anyone wants to come say hi, I'll be here, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um. Like a few people came by and they were all wearing Moogie hoodies. And I was like, oh, it'd be really nice if like we got some more people coming by wearing Moogie hoodies so we could take a, like, a cool big picture, right? Yeah. And as we were saying that, someone points to different someone points to the distance and it's like, is that a Moogie hoodie? And we're like, <laughs> we're like, we're like squinting into distance, like looking into the horizon, like, what the fuck? Is that is that a Moogie hoodie? And they come closer and closer, and then it is a Moogie hoodie. And we're like, what the fuck? What are we, are we living in a simulation? And this guy comes up to me, right? And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh my God, uh, hello, nice to meet you, right? Uh, I don't know what your username is. Uh, are you regular? Like, do you talk often? He's yeah. like, oh no, I actually I actually only lurk. And I was like, what? And oh, you lurkers. bought a hoodie for what? <laughs> dude, lurkers are the backbone of every community though. It's so crazy, dude. It's like, you don't expect it. Mm -hmm. And then they're there and then they're in the flesh and you're like, what? Oh my god, there was um there You're was real? one time I made a comment during like one of my streams where I'm like, oh, like does anyone even watch VODs on Twitch? 
and like a week later someone in the discord's like oh yeah by the way i watch the vods <laughs> i was like oh shit it's people so watch this crazy dude like, because it's like it's like object permanence, right? You see these usernames and you're like, oh, they're my regulars. Yeah. You know, they're the people who come to my streams. They're people who are making my viewership. And then suddenly you see these random usernames. You're like, who the fuck are you? Like, like they're also regulars, but they just yeah, like don't talk also about regulars. And I feel bad because like I want to know them because I'm like, you guys are here. Like, I want to say hi to you guys. Like, I want I want you guys to feel included. Like, hi. <laughs> it's like, hi. It's like waving from a distance. Hello. Yeah. Like behind like a glass box. Hello there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes. Uh, I think it's a, we went a lot longer than I thought we were going to go. Yeah. I think this is a good place to stop. Oh, my God. Kia. Okay. Um, well, thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast. You can find us both streaming at our respective Twitch channels at twitch.tv slash nagamimugi, which is N-A-G-A-M-I-M-U-G-I. And twitch.tv slash Mina Aoyama, which is M-I-N-A-A-O-Y-A-M-A. You can also find Migimel live at twitch.tv slash Podcast every Friday at 8 p.m. EST. Although right now we're starting at 9 p.m. EST because of Mina's dinner obligations. Next Friday will be 8 p.m. Next Friday will be 8 p.m. EST. I lied. Or <laughs> <laughs> you can join us in a live audience in the recording of these podcasts. Thank yes. you once again for coming and have a great time zone. Thank and you we'll guys. see you guys next time. Bye-bye, oh, bye. guys. Bye-bye.